Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Day to you all. It is so great to be in church together with you today. Encourage you to grab a seat. How good is it to uh, witness a baptism together? I, I'm really excited. I, I have loved hearing Angie's story and all that God is doing. And I know that uh, she's going to continue to be a light that uh, shines brightly in the darkness around her. Um, I just, before I, I start, um, I just had a couple of words that I, for a couple of people that I, I wanted to share. As, as we were worshipping uh, this morning, um, Catherine, you came to uh, mind. And um, when I first met Catherine, she has beautiful bright red hair. And the way she helped me remember her name was Catherine, like the town uh, in the desert. And... Um, I just, as I looked over, I, I felt God put on my heart Psalm 63. And uh, David, when he was in the desert, says these words, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And I just felt this word of God saying that as you continue to tap into the well of God, as you continue to draw on him and learn what it means to be filled with his spirit and filled with the water and the joy that comes only from him, that you are going to be that well for others, that others walking through a dry and parched land were going to come to you and have their thirst quenched because of the water that comes out of you being the Holy Spirit and you're going to take them into that place of, of restoration and refreshment as you yourself continue to learn to be refreshed in him. So bless you. Exciting to see what God does. Um, Natasha, I strangely was woken in the middle of the night with you on my heart. I can hardly see you back there. Um, see this Bunsen burner. I can't believe I even remember what they're called, but I recognise that you're a scientist, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, I want to encourage you that the flame that is in you, it, it is something so beautiful and it isn't diminished. That uh, as that the flame on the Bunsen burner is fed by this constant stream of, of gas. Um, that doesn't sound right, does it? Um, I can't even name what it is, so I can't make that sound any better. Um, but to encourage you that where you might feel that the light isn't shining as brightly as you want or it's not having the impact that you hope it would, that as you stay tapped into the source of that flame, that God will continue to allow you to shine brightly and you're going to shine brightly into some really dark places. And uh, I know that being a teacher, you know, you're at school a lot and there's just this sense that... that um, there's a lot of young people that are going to come across your path and, and God wants you to continue to shine brightly 
for him because there is such a beauty in your flame, such a, a gentleness, but uh, like moths drawn to a flame, these young people are going to be drawn to you and you are going to shine a light in their dark places as you remain uh, tapped into the source of that flame. So bless you and I pray that it is a year uh, at school of incredible blessing where you see uh, not just your teaching but your ministry be really fruitful. So thanks. I, I hope and pray that you're all excited to be in church today. I've come really expectant of what God is going to do in this place. Whether you are here in the room or whether you are joining us online, my prayer is that God would be opening your heart to what he wants to speak uh, to you and allowing him to minister uh, to you. I hope that you've all had a really great start uh, to the year. I really can't believe we're at the end of January already. I mean, the year's half over already, right? It feels a little bit like that. I pray that uh, teachers in the room and parents in the room, you're starting to find some rhythm, uh, stepping back into to normal, uh, normal life, whatever that looks like. I don't know about anybody else, but I forgot what school traffic's like, and I've been late to work a couple of times this week. Thankfully, it's a place of incredible grace. But I do pray that your year has started well. I've been reflecting um, a lot in the last month on how different my year has started this year compared to how it started last year. Many of you have heard me share uh, that this time last year I was coming out um, of a season of burnout and I was just stepping back into work after some time off. This year, this time last year I was anxiously trying to re-engage with uh, people and with work. I'd been busy doing all of these things, living life and work and family at such a fast pace that I found myself barely stopping. And if I did stop, there was this constant knot of anxiety that kept churning within me of all the things that I still had to do. Don't get me wrong, I was loving seeing what God was doing and how he was using me, how he was growing me. And I was honestly finding so much joy in everything that I was doing until I suddenly couldn't go on anymore. I often describe it as feeling like I'd crashed at the bottom of a cliff that I didn't even realise I was going down. To keep on going just wasn't an option. I had nothing left. So I straight away did all the right things. I went to see my doctor, I booked into a counsellor and I started meeting with my mentor. I was so determined just to fix it. For the first month or so, I constantly turned up to my counsellor and to my mentor saying, just tell me what to do to fix this. We all have the propensity to want to fix things ourselves, don't we? to do things in our own strength. And looking back, I can see that that's part of what got me into this situation in the first place. But here I was, relying on tried and failed methods to fix my problem. The bottom line 
was that just trying harder wasn't going to get me through. I'd been there, I'd done that, and it was very unsuccessful. But God was so kind in my healing journey. And Psalm 46 carries a powerful message that has helped me through this and many other challenging seasons. This psalm describes God as our refuge and our strength. He's our fortress. He's a safe place to run to in times of trouble. It's a psalm that's often quoted uh, in times of major crisis and disaster. And with good reason, because it's a, it's a song that was written in a time of trouble and war. No matter what happens, no matter what life brings... We're safe in God's care. Even when the world falls out from underneath our feet, even when chaos surrounds us, God is our refuge. He's our protector. He's our safe place, our safe shelter. We will not fear. The songwriter's written this psalm with uh, three distinct refrains. And at the end of each refrain is the word selah, which means to stop, to pause and reflect. So that's what we're going to do today as we read through this psalm together. We're going to stop and pause and reflect on some really simple truths I believe the psalmist is telling us. Some and think about some suggestions on what we can do and allow God to minister and speak to us. I believe that as we do that today, God is going to bring hope and healing to people's hearts. We've been praying this week as a team and, and come expectant on what God is going to do here in this place. I'm really excited. So would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and fill us afresh. Fill us with your truth. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with your wisdom. God, I thank you that your power is already at work in us and through us. And would we experience more of you today? God, as I share from your word, would it be less of me and more of you? Would you pour out your spirit in this place? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, we're going to start reading Psalm 46, and we'll read the first refrain. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, with their surging, Selah. Let's pause and think about it. The psalmist is encouraging us to find refuge in God. The psalmist is providing this vivid picture of a world that's just overcome with disaster, earthquakes, floods, natural disasters. And we generally think of the earth as being firm and unmovable. But we've experienced enough floods and enough earthquakes to know that disaster can come at any unexpected time. And there are things in our lives that make the ground feel 
like it's falling out from underneath us. We've all felt these moments of chaos, times when life feels out of control and things that seemed sure and unshakable suddenly give way. Some of you might be in one of those seasons right now. Life isn't beginning or happening the way that you thought that it should. Relationships are breaking down. Circumstances feel out of your control. The very foundations that you built your life on feel like they're slipping away. The psalmist says, we will not fear for God is our refuge. What does it mean to know God as our refuge? How do we find him in the midst of the storm? How do we take hold of all that he offers us in the busyness and chaos of life? When we discover how to truly tap into the refuge and peace that God offers, it'll be a place that we'll want to run to often. And we'll find the strength and the comfort that we need to keep going, no matter what our circumstances look like. And don't miss the second line in this refrain. It says, an ever-present help in trouble. God is continuously available. Jesus makes it even clearer for us in Matthew 11 when he invites all who are weary and heavy laden to come to him. And he says he will give us rest, an ever-present place of refuge and strength. You know, during a difficult time in my life, I learned to know God as my refuge. A time when I had no physical or spiritual strength left. Many of you have heard Jason and I talk about a time when our daughter was struggling with anorexia. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to walk through as a parent, as I feared for my daughter's very life. My grief was great. Circumstances were completely out of my control. Everything that I felt or thought was sure suddenly wasn't. I'm sure many of you have been in circumstances where you felt the same. When I was at my weakest, a friend shared this picture of a lighthouse with me along with these first few verses from Psalm 46. This picture summed up how I felt. Everything felt like it was crashing in on me. I was overwhelmed by circumstance. And and maybe as you look at this picture, you can see yourself there, standing in the middle of a storm, waves crashing all around you, out of control. Kind of feels like the storm's winning. But at a time when I felt like I had no strength, when the storm did feel like it was winning, this picture helped me to find refuge in God. It helped me find safety in the middle of all the chaos. That lighthouse came to represent my refuge in God. While outside life felt out of control, inside I was safe and protected from harm. I could run and hide in him. 
I'd often find myself physically curled up on the couch, but my heart would be curled up in the the safety of that lighthouse. I found so much comfort and peace and refuge amidst the storm through this picture. You see, when we can't see God, a picture can provide our mind with a glimpse of the character of God so that our hearts can receive what only God can give. Throughout history, Christianity has used visual images to help people connect with God. Beautiful stained glass windows that that bring peace and calm and beauty to a troubled soul. Paintings like The Hand of God by, by Michelangelo can remind us of our closeness and connection to God, that he is ever present with us. This lighthouse picture has been a significant visual aid for me to help my heart connect with God and to find refuge in Him. I had it as a screensaver on my computer. I had it as wallpaper on my phone for a time. I had it up on my wall, a constant reminder that God was my refuge. He was my safe place in a time of trouble. I want to encourage you to find a picture that will help you connect with the heart of God in the season that you're in. You might love a good stained glass window or maybe a picture of of nature that will help you find peace in your chaos. Maybe an ocean to remind you just how big God is and how how small your circumstances are compared to such a majestic God. Maybe a picture of a starry night can remind you of the wonder of God, would fill you with the wonder of who he is. When you can't retreat physically, a picture can take you to a peace-filled place in an instant. A picture speaks a thousand words, right? It's true. If you're in a storm right now, if you're overwhelmed by busyness, by stress, sickness, relationship breakdown, financial stress, find a picture that speaks to your heart something of the nature of God and go to it often. Put it on your phone or your computer or up in your wall to help you find safe haven in God. The next refrain of the psalm starts in verse 4. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Let's pause and think about it. The psalmist is encouraging us to find joy in God's presence. Now, this verse mentions that the presence of streams that bless Jerusalem, the city of God. And throughout Scripture, streams and rivers are used as symbols of abundance, 
a source which perpetually flows. And these streams, this scripture says, make glad the place where the Most High dwells. In Old Testament times, when this psalm was written, God dwelt in the temple of God and only the high priest could enter in. Guess where God dwells now? Where does he dwell? He dwells within us. See, when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain in the temple that once separated us from the very presence of God was torn in two. Jesus' death and resurrection made it possible for us to come into God's very presence without fear and without sacrifice. He was the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf once and for all. And testified to that this morning. He has made a way so that when we, like Ange, accept him as our Lord and Saviour, we can come into his presence anytime and he fills us with his Holy Spirit as he dwells within us. The Spirit of God living in us brings us joy. It's a never-ending stream that makes glad the place where God dwells. See, in the midst of turmoil, there's an underground river that flows into the heart of every believer. It's a limitless source of joy that comes to us from God. This is the same joy that Jesus promised in John 15. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. See, Jesus pledged his supernatural joy to his disciples, a joy that can only come from him. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there is a river that is constantly flowing into your heart, the Holy Spirit. And it's a river that supplies you with gladness. One of the marks of a Christian is that through difficult times, we are steady in the love and the joy of Christ. Stop and pause. Think about that. You can actually know deep joy at all times. What's stealing your joy right now? Maybe it's toxic relationships or the result of dumb decisions that you've made. Maybe there's some things in your life that you've just got to do away with, make some changes. Sometimes it's the common everyday things that can be stealing your joy because you've simply developed a bad attitude. How can you change those thoughts and attitudes? One of the best ways is by developing an attitude of thanksgiving. For instance, when you're restacking the dishwasher because it's been loaded wrong again, Thank God that at least your husband's trying and for the amazing provision of an appliance that does the washing up for me with clean, hot water. What a gift. When you're ironing another blue shirt, thank God for the provision of work and income. 
When you're changing another dirty nappy, parents, thank God for each of your children and pray a blessing over them. Allow your heart to keep turning back to thanksgiving and I guarantee you will find new joy and you'll lose bad attitudes. Even if your world feels shaken to the core, take a deep breath, give thanks to God And he will fill you with strength and gladness and peace, even in your darkest moments. The last refrain from Psalm 46. Let's read it from verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolation he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. Selah. Pause and think about that. The psalmist is encouraging us to stop fighting, to be still and stop fighting. See, verse verse 10, these much quoted words are the reason that this psalm is one of my favourite psalms and has been for many years. Be still and know that I am God. When anxiety starts to get the better of me or when life gets busy and overwhelming, there's something in me that cries out for that stillness to stop the racing in my mind and in my heart and just linger in God's presence to be still and know that He is God. And when I do, when I do that practice of being still in his presence. He is always faithful to meet me in that stillness. And he fills me with everything that I need to keep going. We tend to live at such a fast pace that we struggle to be still. It seems counterintuitive, countercultural even. But the psalmist here isn't talking about physical stillness. He's talking about heart stillness. Stopping the racing and surrendering control, submitting to God. See, whatever I think I know, God knows better. Who would have thought? God actually knows better than you and he wants better for you than you can even ask for or imagine. That means resisting every natural impulse that you have like me to just hit that trouble as hard as you can, to resist that impulse to fight it and to fix it on your own and rely on him. In fact, many translations don't actually use the term be still. Many like the Christian Standard Bible translate it like this, stop fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. 
I've really been struck by this this week. And when we look at uh, these words in the context of this refrain where it's talking about weapons and war, this makes sense. And sometimes I need to be reminded that there comes a time to lay down my arms and know that he is God. He will do with me as he will and whatever I'm fighting. The Lord is with us. He is an ever-present help and he will be exalted over all the earth, over all your circumstances. He will be exalted. It's time to stop fighting, to stop struggling and surrender to him. When we're surrendered to God, it's not a sign of weakness. We're not being asked to surrender to the enemy or just give in to our circumstances. We're actually being commanded to surrender to the one who is our champion, our refuge, the one who has so much better for us than we can give ourselves. It reminds me of of another favourite verse in Exodus 14. In Exodus 14, the Israelites find themselves in a little bit of a pickle. They've escaped Egypt, but now they're, they're stuck in the desert and they've got the Red Sea before them and the full Egyptian army coming at them from behind. It's an impossible situation. There's no way forward and no way back. I love what God says in Exodus 14, 14. He didn't say, work it out for yourself. I've got you this far. You can do the rest. And he didn't leave them to die at the hands of their enemy. Instead, he says these words, I will fight for you. You need only be still. I will fight for you. You need only be still. I believe some of you need to take these words into your heart today. Stop fighting. Know that I am God and I will fight for you. When there seems to be no way forward, I will make a way. When everything feels like it's shaking around you, be still. Stop fighting. When it feels too hard, know that I am God. I am fighting for you and I will be exalted. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not of us. It's all of Him. And some of you, I believe this morning, need to lay down your arms. You need to surrender and trust your circumstances to a loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God. God will fight for you. He doesn't say maybe. God will fight for you. You need only be still. I really believe this morning that God wants to bring breakthrough for some of us today. 
He wants to speak His words of truth and life into us. We need to be still. We need to open our hearts and our minds to the whispers of the Spirit and what He's saying. To stop fighting and know that He is God. To surrender control. He's got something so much better for you. We often think that it's easier to keep fighting in our own strength. It's not. It's what we know and maybe it helps us to feel in control even if it's not working. It takes faith and trust to let go of what we know and to trust God. I believe God wants you to know this morning His presence with you. He is right there with you and He is fighting on your behalf. His Holy Spirit is at work within His people and He wants to fill you with strength and power. So I want to encourage you this morning as we come into this time of worship and ministry to partner with Him. Keep praying. Don't give up. Trust that He is already at work. There is power in Him and in His name. Do you believe that? Over your circumstances today, there is power in the name of Jesus. And today God wants to speak that power into you. I want to encourage you to stand right now and I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down the front. As I said, we've been praying. We've been praying this week that God would help us to tap into what He wants to do here in this place today. And I believe He's given us some words because He wants to minister to His people. He wants to bring freedom and healing in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to read a few words of some of the the, the prayers that have been on our heart. And I want to encourage you, if this speaks to your heart, come down the front and receive prayer because God is at work and He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring wholeness, mend broken relationships. Had a word uh, this week over reclaiming families. So if this is you in the room, I encourage you, come straight down the front. Don't wait. Receive from God. If it's you online, if this word affects you, can I encourage you to click that prayer button? Any of these words. We have a prayer team waiting online to minister to you as well as here in the room. But reclaiming families, reclaiming kids who have grown up and wandered from their faith and or wandered from their family. And God wants to reclaim those children. Do you believe that? God wants to bring the prodigals home. So if you have a child in your family who has walked away from you or from faith and you are praying and believing that God will bring them home, can I encourage you, come right now. Let's pray over them. Let's pray that God will bring them home to Him and to you. 
reclaiming young families when it feels like life or the busyness of schedules feels like it's pulling your family in all different directions. Life is feeling chaotic. God wants to reclaim your family and bring it back into alignment to clarify values, to grow faith in your home, to prioritise quality time and relationships with kids in this season. It can be challenging, but if that's you and you're crying out to God to help you bring balance to your family and keep pointing your kids to Him, can I encourage you, just come down, receive prayer, be filled up by the Spirit this morning so that you can go back and be full for your family. I've had this this feeling on my heart all week. a a righteous anger at the injustice of infertility. That's a big one and it's really hard to claim. But I believe God wants to open barren wounds today. If that's you, I know it's a big ask, but I feel like God is stirring a desire for new life, that barren wombs would be open that you would experience healing and new life. So can I encourage, if that's you, to come down and receive prayer. Lastly, I I have a sense that some of you are like me, as I was this time last year, feeling at the end of yourself. Anxiety, burnout, depression have been overwhelming. I've, I've felt this grip of pain on my heart It's almost like this anxiety that you're desperate to let go of, but it won't go. I believe God wants to set you free today, that today will be a line in the sand for anxiety, for depression, for burnout, that our church will have a testimony of faith of all that God is doing in and through us in this space. If you want peace, If you want God to bring healing to those things, can I encourage you right now to come and receive prayer or click that button if you're online. And if you're somebody here who would love to pray for others, can I encourage you to come and pray for these people who are standing down here. Let's stand together in faith and proclaim the name of Jesus together. As Susan said, we've been praying through the week and uh, just felt God had dropped a a few people on my heart uh, through this verse in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus asks, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'm just going to get the sense that there's some people here this morning who are kind of burned out on religion. Maybe they burned out here at Gateway, or maybe you've, you've stepped away from a church recently where you're just exhausted. You've just been burned out. We would love to pray for you this morning that you would find rest, you would find healing, you would find recovery in Jesus. You'd be able to just come and sit at His feet and be restored in His power. If that's you, we'd love to pray for you this morning. Just come down the front. We're going to sing this great song now. Some of you will know it, some of you won't. Allow these words to speak to your heart today. 
Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work within you. And can I encourage you, keep coming down the front for prayer. Don't wait, even if you have to come down and wait for somebody to be available. Just come, receive from God today. He has so much to give us. This song, the words go, I speak the Name of Jesus. There is power in the Name of Jesus over every circumstance, over every trouble. So let's sing and declare these words today. Speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Jesus over our family as a church family. I want to encourage 
your family. If you want to pray blessing over your family, if you want to pray protection over your family, come now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just come now. Let's pray over our families. The name of Jesus, come on, come down.
and we bring them to you. And I ask that you would help us to stop fighting, to be still and know that you are God and know that you will be exalted in all the earth over all our circumstances because you reign, you reign over it all. I want to encourage you, if you want prayer, if you want to stand in the name of Jesus, keep coming down. We're going to declare together those words, God, you reign above it all. Whatever it is in your heart, whatever God has been stirring, let's declare it together. God, you reign above it all. Vision Sunday next week. Have a blessed day. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.